welcome to a hedonistic episode of We Only Look Thin. <laughs> I am Catherine Weigel. I am one of your hosts, and I have lost about 150 pounds, uh, give or take. <laughs> but, about, you know, you know, uh, at least that much. Uh, Catherine Weigel here. With me today is... Donald Weigel, and I have lost about 100 pounds. Congratulations again. Thank you very how long, much. How long have you been maintaining... I don't know. Do you have a date? In, uh, it was like March of 2017. That's good. No, 2018. 2018. So. Okay. I think I'm uh, a week away from my two-year anniversary, so yeah. it's pretty exciting. It is pretty exciting. I don't exciting. think I've stayed this same weight ever in my whole life. I think from- Celebrate by eating a whole cake. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, wait. Don't do that. Don't do that. So no, hi. that's the, the point. We don't- hi and hello. Hello. And uh, today we're going to talk about how- happiness yeah and uh, how people think it it happens yes it, it doesn't <laughs> if you want the cliff's notes version spoiler that's alert spoiler. you'll never be happy it doesn't happen um, um and uh before that though we're gonna have a tip of the week Tow. and a product or and then later we'll have a product of the week Pow. Wow, you'd think I would Tip of the week to you. I never you remember. You think I would know the this order of all these things. This We've only just... been doing it for a year plus. You know, they do on television shows, they do like live and unscripted, like here we go. And we don't, I mean, Donald like cuts out a couple of ums and, and maybe uh, the sound of a buzzsaw outside occasionally. Yeah. But other than that, this is just us, just raw. This yeah. is as raw as it gets. Yeah, raw. Is raw. It's raw. Um, Gordon Ramsay. That's how he says raw. He does. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah. So we're gonna start out with the tip of the week. Tip of the week to you. Tip of the week to you. Tip of the week to you. I feel like you usually start out with a tip of the week, and then I say it. So we switched it up. It felt, <laughs> it's like I'm sleeping on the wrong side of the bed. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, it's exciting. It's <laughs> we strange. Should actually, we should do an episode where we swap places on the couch. Oh man, I don't know if I could. I don't know if I could talk in these microphones. We've done every episode on the same sides of the couch. We have. I don't know that I could speak intelligently. And and then we've slept every night of our marriage on the same sides of the bed too. I don't know if I could switch. There was something about a guy who said he and his wife switched sides of the bed, and every night. I can't. No. I don't even, know what kind of fresh hell that is. But even <laughs> when I'm alone, like, I can't, I have to sleep on my side. I know, if I stay at a side. hotel, I'm like, yeah. your side of the bed is just pristine and mine sure. is, is messed up. So. Yeah, in the same way. Yeah. Oh, wait, tip of the week to you. Tip of the week to you. <laughs> so uh, the tip of the week uh, is actually something that Donald uh, kind of came up with, I think. I did? I thought, well, it's, we both- I'm very intelligent. So uh, the tip of the week is to uh, forego the diet version- of a food that you might enjoy for the full fat regular brand option. Yeah. That rolls off the tongue. Donald, do you have an example where uh, this happened to you where maybe there was a baked version of a chip that seemed like it would be less Yeah, well, I I think I mentioned this uh, a while back, but the um you know, I was looking in our kitchen at work and we had um, Cheetos, we had regular Cheetos, and then we had like the baked Cheetos. And it was something like, you know, 10 extra calories for the regular Cheetos. And they tasted about 47 times better. <laughs> it tasted 47 calories better. No, no, that's empirically, uh, empirically uh, measured the 47 times better. And so, you know, I, I sort of pushed me to look at other things. And it's like, 
I I know cottage cheese is not everyone's bag, but I eat the full fat cottage cheese because it's just marginally higher in calories than the two percent or the skim, and it tastes you know ten times better. Well, and two, I think we get tricked by uh, false advertising on packaging. Suddenly, it says organic Doritos or organic Cheetos made with organic packaging. Yeah, and suddenly you seem like, oh my gosh, this must be calorie free and Really, that that difference isn't all that great. And if you really want the Lay's potato chips instead of the baked Lay's, get the Lay's potato and chips. And there was some Stouffer's meal that you were talking there about was. that was better. So I uh, I went to the store and got, uh, as a convenience meal for our daughter, I got her these uh, Stouffer's French bread pizza boats, as we called them when I was growing <laughs> up. It was a pizza boat. Um, French bread pizza French boats. bread pizza. And I got myself a lean cuisine version. And I was like, well, you know, I'll get the lean cuisine. I don't want to go, you know, all out with the Stouffer's. Yeah. So uh, she had the, um, the, the Stouffer's brand and I had the lean cuisine. And the lean cuisine was not delicious. It <laughs> was... I think only like 60 or 60 to 80 calories less than the Stouffer's pizza boat. Yeah. Uh, and the the Stouffer's was way better. And I am willing to pay the higher caloric price for the full fat non-diet version. I mean, lean cuisine, nothing wrong with lean cuisine. But for me, it just was um, – I thought there was maybe like a 200 calorie difference, which which then would – make it worth it, I guess. But for like 60 to 80 calories, yeah. ah, I'll just go for the full fat. There was another one, um, like if if you get a um, the Lean Cuisine mac and cheese, it's fine. But there's a brand called Blake's that has a mac and cheese. And it's, again, like 60 calories more than the Lean Cuisine. Delicious. Yeah. Delicious. So just take an extra step. Look at the things and that you're- And you can put some cauliflower in it and pump up pump the volume. The volume. Um, but just look at- packaging that you get are you using non-fat half and half and is it really calorically worth those 20 calories like i didn't get to 300 pounds because of my half and half problem <laughs> like so i get some full people fat, might have though full fat half and half and it's worth it to me because it's it's delicious it's creamy and for you know an extra 40 calories i'm willing to pay that price maybe i'm a big spender on my calories but just take a second look because you might not be saving as much as you think you are for, and compromising on taste that uh is important to you so yeah and conversely um the greek yogurt that i get i the the 0% fat and the 2% fat taste identical to me so i usually me. opt for the 0% because it saves me like 30 calories a uh, a 5 and a half ounce container and so this was two tips in one. Yeah. Add the calories. Leave out the calories. Yeah, I can't really I've I've never done a blind taste test, but I can't really tell the difference between the 0% fat and the 2% fat, so I just do the zero. Yeah, so just take an extra look, take that extra moment. What are you compromising on that you don't really need to compromise on because uh for me Stouffer's pizza boats. <laughs> if you actually look, <laughs> you're a grown woman eating like, Stouffer's pizza boats. Oh, but it's it's like being in like second grade again. It's awesome. Pizza Sadly, boats. I could eat an entire boat full of pizza. Oh yeah, yeah, easily. for sure, for yeah. sure. So anyway, so that was the tip of the week. Tip of the week to tip you. Tip of the week to you. Tow. Tow. All right, everybody. Now it's time to dive into weight loss and happiness. Yeah. So like. 
I was saying my two-year weight loss anniversary um, is actually June 2nd. So I'm not sure when this is coming out, maybe right around then. But um, when I hit my goal weight, like I got on the scale and that magic number appeared, like the the one I'd been waiting for my entire life. Yeah. And I came out into the other room and like it was like a force field that I went through. And like the phone rang and it was my boss and they told me I got a promotion. Like I was finally worth the promotion. It was amazing. Have you had an experience like that? Donald? I when I hit my goal weight, like the very next day I noticed that people started giving me the right away when I was driving. Oh, for sure. And I uh, I definitely uh, never lost. I didn't. I haven't lost my keys in two years. It's amazing. Our daughter suddenly does all of her homework. Like everything is just perfect now. When I when I like have my cart full of groceries and I'm like walking up to the front, like there's like a somebody will be like, Psst, hey. Hey, guy who has his goal weight, come over here. I'm going to open up a check stand for you. Yeah, like every article of clothing looks amazing on me. Like every wrong that has ever been done to me, like all of my family relationships are amazing now. I almost don't even want to play like board games or card games because people just want to let me win now all the time. Yeah, it's just like everything has just laid out before us in this perfect symmetry, like hitting that goal weight. Suddenly, it's like you entered this new club. Wouldn't you say you get like a, yeah. a, a gold card or a platinum card? And it's just like everything's perfect. Yeah, exactly. That's how it is. Uh, wait. No, it's not. No, that. no. none of that. None it of that doesn't happens. happen that way. No. Uh, so we are here to tell you that happiness and weight loss uh, aren't actually a thing that go together. Boy, that sounded like a super bummer when you just bummer. said it. Bummer. Um, but, but weight loss is not some magic bullet that suddenly, like, you're, you know, will cure your entire life. Um, our other problems still existed. And, you know, our finances, kid stuff, relationship, work problems, those all still existed even after hitting our goal weights. Well, I remember a long time ago, we had a friend over for dinner one night and it was I was probably oh man I uh it's never the year I remember I'm just like you know it was probably like 260 270 yeah, at the time and we were in the kitchen and it's and true I do remember years the, based the, on how much I weighed at the time and this person was single and and he was saying that he didn't feel worthy of being in a relationship because of something that was going on with him and I was like having a relationship isn't about perfection it's about having a partner and he's like well you're so lucky like you can just let yourself go cuz you found Donald and and I was like you think that like just cuz I have Donald that like I that's why I'm oh, yeah. Yeah. overweight like he imagined that self-worth or at least being able to like gain your way up to 300 pounds just by like you're married you don't need to work on yeah, yourself you don't, you don't need to worry about that so anymore he thought it was a destination he thought that um you know achieving marriage or whatever suddenly you didn't have any aspirations in life and i think we often tie a a magic weight or a size of clothing with our self-worth and happiness is sort of a mirage. Like um, we were reading The Gifts of Imperfection book by Brene Brown. And she says in one of her things, I'll be worthy when I lose 20 pounds, if I can get pregnant, if I can stay sober, if everyone else thinks I'm a good parent, if my kid gets A's, um, if my parents finally approve of me, um, if I find a partner, 
when I get married, when I get the promotion, when we pay off our debt, there's always this other thing in front of us that we feel like suddenly we're going to be happy if all of these things fall into place. Yeah, we we hit a goal and we just, you know, we keep moving the goalposts. Like we get to the goalposts and then we keep moving them down the road. And, you know, I know many of you may be thinking that it's easy for us to say because we've achieved our goal weights. But, you know, the truth is that what I've discovered is that the number on the scale wasn't the problem. The problem was never feeling good enough, never feeling like I was worthy or that I always, you know, needed to be striving towards some weight loss goal that because I was overweight that I just wasn't good enough for those around me. Well, and I went to college late. Um, I graduated when I was 28 and I had a lot of feelings of lack of self-worth because all the people around me had college degrees and I felt like I would finally be worthy once I had my degree. And I remember when I graduated, it was this thing that I was like, I had wanted for so many years. And when it finally happened, like for months after that, I was really depressed because this whole part of my life that I was, you know, was like, oh, it's all going to be better once I get the degree. Like it was over. And all of the fellowship that I had, all the hard work that I put in, like I wasn't getting graded on things. I was just living my life. And I think a lot of people hit that when they, you know, after you get married or after you start your dream job or after you move, you think that that suddenly you're going to be happy forever. Yeah. There's this kind of temporary euphoria, you know, but it it's temporary. Like, you know, I, I used to, when I was a kid and even as an adult, I would think, oh man, if I could just have that one, you know, if I could just get that Sega Genesis, then everything, I was probably not actually even a kid at that point. I was probably well into my- It's so funny. I thought you were going to say like, when I get my driver's license, when I have that first kiss. Yeah, yeah. No, that's not me. Um, But, you know, I would be like, it's kind of that, you know, for those of you who celebrate Christmas, it's kind of that, you know, I I really treasure the buildup to Christmas. I treasure the Christmas season. And I would always have this- this yearning for Christmas morning. I just couldn't wait for Christmas morning. Couldn't wait, couldn't wait. And then, you know, Christmas morning would come and a half hour after waking up, it would be over. And suddenly I'd be like, oh man, I have to wait. Like it was the season he enjoyed. The exactly. Build up, the working toward the, the, the just the, the joy and the, the cheer. And it wasn't until long into adulthood that I realized that what I actually liked was the Christmas season and the songs and the, you know, all the build up to it and the anticipation of it. It wasn't it wasn't really Christmas morning I was looking forward to. Well, and part of it too, I mean, if you think about if you're going on a vacation or someone is coming to visit that you're looking forward to, or if there's a concert that you want to go to, part of the excitement of it is the anticipation of it, the planning of it, um, you know, the, the researching it. And when it happens, that's great, but it's almost you know, like we're, we're uh, going on vacation in a couple of months and I'm excited just to be excited about it. And uh, then when it's over, it'll be over. And then I won't have that to look forward to. And I think when I actually hit my goal weight, I, for like a week or so, I was thrilled. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't, it was a number I had never seen before. And I was elated. And then the elation passed. And then I just felt normal again. And then it was just normal. And I think we're going to do an episode on maintenance soon. But 
you think that that number every day is going to feel like yeah. you're hitting the jackpot in Vegas. Like every day you're going to step on the scale like, woo, I'm there. I'm dead, woo. Uh, that was my Las Vegas sound. That sound like, <laughs> if you've been to Las Vegas woo, and you know what it yeah. sounds like. <laughs> ba -pew, ba -pew, ba -pew. Um, we should do a Vuvuzela. Uh, here, yeah. do the Vuvuzela sound. But that was a that, terrible boobazella. That that first, you know, the feeling that first kiss, that fir that rush of adrenaline that you get when you see the number that you've dreamed of, or the size that you, you know, that you've dreamed of, that thrill dissipates. And there's actually scientists in Science Town at Science University have actually uh, come up with a term for that sort of losing that feeling what is yeah. it donald it's called the uh, it's called hedonic adaptation uh sometimes called the hedonic treadmill and it applies to all aspects of life really it's sort of that feeling of you get a new like piece of art to hang in your uh home and you first put it up and you just love it and it is gorgeous and it ties the room together and you just feel like oh i found the perfect piece of art and then time goes by and you just kind of get used to it and and you don't even see it and something that used to give you thrill yeah no longer does yeah when you first have it it's just oh it's the joy or you know at the beginning of a relationship or you first get a new car or whatever it is like you feel this feeling of euphoria that you really have something and then after a while it just becomes commonplace it just becomes like you know, what you have in your life. Well, and then from there and where the treadmill comes in is then you look for the next thrill. So whether, I mean, there are gambling addictions, there's buying addictions, there's food addictions. I know all of those three men. <laughs> no, but like there's always, you know, like my grandmother used to order things from QVC and she loved the process of getting the yeah. package in the mail. And even with us with Amazon, it's like, ooh, what did I get from Amazon? Like, oh, more tape. Yeah, Yay! I have a Pavlovian response to that box with a smile on the side because I know something good's coming in it. But we're always looking for that next thing to make us feel alive and make us feel worthy. And when we get it, that feeling passes, that rush. And it's kind of like with food, too. Like you, you're desperate for that pizza or you're desperate for um, that muffin. And then you know, after five or six of them, um, yeah. the feeling passes. <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, it's sort of like, you know, you find your new favorite food and you eat the same thing and you eat it over and over again. Then after a while, you're like, oh, boy, I'm really getting tired of this. Well, and we, too, you know, it's just going back to that thing of, like, when I graduate, when I get the job, when I pay off my debt, we think that this destination is in front of us and that happiness comes with that number and comes with that achievement. And though that achievement is amazing, I can tell you two years after being at maintenance, the number that I'm at right now does nothing for me. Like, I know that sounds terrible, but four years ago, being 150 pounds would have been like, oh my God, it's the best day ever. Like, it's going to be like this forever. And now yeah. it's like, ah, you know, it's a little high right now. I'm not really like, I want to lose a couple more because I was up over the holidays. Like, it, it stops having that amazing rush feeling. And again, I, I know a lot of you out there who wish you were at your goal weight are saying, oh boy, like, you know, must be nice. These are certainly champagne problems they have. And, and on a certain level, you're right about that. But I think our point here is that, you know, if I had to go back and do it again, I think that the 
what I would try and teach myself is that I was good enough at whatever weight I was. And if I had realized that sooner, I think I might have been able to achieve my goal sooner because I wouldn't have tried to sort of drown my problems with food. I would have um, realized that I was good enough and I deserved this kind of success sooner. And I think it would have made it easier for me to achieve my goal. Well, and I've said it too that, you know, uh, four or five years ago, I felt put upon, overworked, underpaid, underappreciated. And I took I, I took an online quiz on Facebook that was like, what kind of personality are you? And a friend of mine took it and it was like positive, outgoing, team player. <laughs> and I took it and it was like... It's just a picture of Eeyore popped up. It did. <laughs> um, and... Uh, but my whole like quadrant was like negative, not trusting, yeah. like, and it felt really bad to see that. Like, how is this person that I know on this positive side and I'm in this negative hole and I wasn't being my authentic self. I wasn't setting boundaries with people. I wasn't eating in a way that made me feel good. I wasn't exercising. I just assumed everyone else's life life was better than mine. And I was a victim to all of that. And I didn't think it was changeable. And I think in this process, whatever weight you are, whatever stage in your journey you are, the the feeling of happiness or or the process of happiness comes from self-awareness and feeling like you have the tools to change your circumstance or your perception of your circumstance. I have the same job. I have the same husband. I have the same, you know. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, but life is the same. We live in the same place. We're doing the same thing. But my perception and my gratitude has changed so much over the last few years because I have worked on my boundaries, because I have worked on my self-awareness, because I focus on people who enrich my life, not tear me down. It's a very slow process, but like I suffer from depression. There are days when I am super happy and super grateful. And there are days when I am super depressed and nobody could come up with me with a number on the scale and say like, but you're this number now, like you're happy, right? Yeah. Yeah. And don't get me wrong. I don't think it's, that's really gotten any better since you've achieved your goal weight. I mean, I think that's still the same. No, but I don't like, I'm not I don't think the grass is greener on the other side. I right. don't I I'm not envious like I was before. I'm not jealous like I was. I am off, like legitimately happy when other people succeed because there is not a finite amount of joy or, you know, positivity in the world that we can have. It's not like, well, you know, Sheila's at her goal weight, like I guess there's none for me left, like Yeah. And but my the way I look at the world, the way I invest in myself, the hope that I feel going, gosh, you know what? I was wrong about myself. I, at 250 pounds, didn't think I could lose the weight. Guess what? I lost 100 pounds. What else don't I know about what I'm capable of? And yeah. finding that, I think, is huge. Yeah, and I think that, you know, I, as an example of trying to grow as a person, you know, I know we talk about must be nice all the time on this show, but... um you know, we have some good friends, and I don't know how much I can even say about this, but um, one of whom works for Disney, and um, a bunch of the Disney employees got a chance to visit the new Galaxy's Edge, the Star Wars land, basically at Disneyland uh, recently. And when my friend was going to tell me about it, 
he was like, you're going to be mad. I'm like, what do you mean? And so he told me that they were going to get to go. And, you know, I was genuinely happy for him. Like, you know, I, I realized that being jealous of what he got to do was not going to do either of us any good. And being happy for his success has has really helped me to be better at striving for my own success. Well, and I think we we also sometimes want to temper like him saying, you're going to be mad. We assume that people are going to be jealous of our successes and not supportive and and just authentically happy for us. Yeah. And I definitely, you know, if I if I could just find that test again that I took four years ago, I honestly think that the the amount of positivity and growth and teamwork and all of that I think would be so much higher. I'm still very cranky all the time, but I think my... Yeah, and I still have huge problems with being jealous of other people's career success in my business. You know, people who are doing the same job as me when I find out they're making more money than me or they're they're having to turn down jobs that, you know, I wish I had. Um, that kind of thing is still really hard to get over, but I feel like that this whole process has made me more aware of the fact that that there isn't a limited amount of success in the world and that, you know, just because somebody else has achieved their goals doesn't mean that I can't. And I definitely have, like, it's it's the direction that you're facing that brings happiness and hope. If I am going up the scale toward... 160 pounds, it feels terrible. If I'm 170 pounds going down toward 160, it feels amazing. Yeah. And it's not the number, there's nothing magical about a number. It's the the importance that you place on that number. And it's the things that you're doing to get there. If I'm gaining weight, which I've been doing a little bit of recently, <laughs> dabbling in the dark arts. Oh boy. Um, <laughs> um, but it's like the habits that I have in place get me to the number that I want. It feels really good to eat at my calorie deficit, to walk 17,000 steps a day, to drink water, to eat vegetables, and pop up the volume. Pop up the volume. To participate in my accountability group, to do what I say I'm going to do. And we just did the episode about sleeping with the enemy. When, when those things are not aligned, when I'm not doing what I say I'm going to do, when I start making excuses for myself, when I start justifying everything just yeah. this once, all of that, the direction that I'm facing is the issue. And it feels so good to be in alignment with my goals. And when I turn around and leave my goals behind, leave my habits behind, that's when I feel bad. And that's when, you know, happiness kind of eludes me because I'm, I feel like I'm, I'm buffering or I'm, I'm, I'm avoiding what I know makes me feel good. Yeah. It's not a number on the scale, which makes me happy, but it's feeling healthier. That makes me happy. Like, you know, since I've lost the weight, I'm able to walk much longer than I was. I'm able to do all of these things in my personal life. I'm able to go up a flight of stairs without it killing me. Um, and just like feeling a lot better in general physically has made me feel a lot better in general mentally. Well, and I definitely used to think that thin people just must be happy. Yeah. Like, what do you got to be mad about? Like, yeah, you're thin. You're What's thin. your problem? There's the happiness. And it's, it's not that. And I think, you know, like, there's so much in life that, you know, 
the the number doesn't bring, like I said, it doesn't bring the happiness. And I think we get really disappointed when we find that that's true. And that's where sabotage comes in because suddenly it's not giving you that thrill that you thought it was. So why bother? And yeah. like, and like, okay, I have a job. Does it bring me like a thrill every day? No, but it gets the like it. It affords me the lifestyle that I have, yeah. and following my habits. You've affords got the skills me. that pay the bills, <laughs> but. Following the habits gets me the physical results that I enjoy. It gives me the mental clarity that I enjoy. It gives me the generosity of spirit that I enjoy because I am taking care of myself. And if you got to put on that life vest before you put on other people's life vests. Yeah. And the feeling of achieving my weight loss goal has definitely made me happier. But the bad news is that it never ends. Um, there's no finish line, which we say over and over again, and I need to continue doing this for the rest of my life. And so there isn't like a big you know, ticker tape parade that happens when I hit my goal weight. It was just, I just have to keep doing the same habits that I did and that got me here. You get to do the same habits. I get to do the and, same but habits. But it's like being at the Olympics and you get the gold medal. And then waking up the next day, and you've got to earn that medal again. Like, and then the next day you have to earn the medal again. And there's no point at which you're suddenly just at the top of the podium and you're stuck there. You might last there for a week or two. You might be able to coast a little bit. But this is a diligent effort that we are undertaking. It is no different than when we were on our weight loss journeys. Yeah. And knowing that there is a possibility for a future, we're always looking for ways to improve our lives, to look at things differently, to invest in uh, books and podcasts and people who bring us, you know, greater mental clarity, I think, and and gr- and greater self-understanding. Because we're still flawed. We're flawed people, aren't we? Yeah, for absolutely. I'm more flawed than most. But uh, which brings me to be kind to yourself. Don't say things about yourself like I just did. Um, one of the, the, the whole keys to this was realizing that saying things to myself like, oh, you'll never do this, or you're an idiot, or what's wrong with me, you know, that doesn't, that didn't get me anywhere, and it won't get me anywhere. And it can feel very foreign, but learning to be kind to myself was one of the big keys to weight loss success, and ultimately to the improved amount of happiness that I have. I wouldn't say that I'm 100% happy, but it's certainly I'm working my way in that direction. Well, and I also think that we have to consider, and I, I think this is this is a big part of my experience from three or four years ago, was are you a passenger in your life or are you in the driver's seat? Are you going with the flow with what everyone else wants to do, trying to stay out of the way, being as small as possible and out of the way as possible to not make ripples, to not speak your own needs. And we do that so often that we forget who we are and what we stand for and what we actually want because we're afraid just to take up space. And we we did the boundaries episode recently that talked about that. And the more you can own your voice and your space and understand yourself, are you a night person or a day person? Do you not mind clutter? Do you need, you know, something to be organized? Understanding the best work circumstances that you you can put yourself in. Like knowing myself better 
and finding out more about what I'm capable of has brought me happiness and has brought me um, the possibility of change and having that growth mindset of, gosh, what's next? Like, what don't I know? And and, and keeping on investing, um, I think, is where like we all need hope, right? We all need something to look forward oh, to. Yeah. If you think like I have a family member who's like, boy, the best days were when I was 22. Like oh, I breaks my heart. I want to believe that my best days are ahead and it takes planning and it takes effort and it takes being in the driver's seat and driving the direction you're going in. But like, I don't want to think that the good times were, you know, when I was football captain and junior varsity I don't know, polo. Were you is that football <laughs> captain in junior varsity polo? <laughs> I was the first one in my the top of my class. Clearly, Catherine knows a lot about football Sport. and polo. Um, but related to that, we, you know, I think a lot of times that we feel all this pressure to become a certain weight or to look a certain way. Or, you know, we think that when we get to a certain weight that we're going to feel a certain weight. And, you know, one of the the keys for me was realizing that this pressure was coming from me. Like there's nobody was, was trying to force me into a certain body weight or a certain body type, but me. And I have become okay with the fact that I'm never going to hit the perfect body weight or I'm never going to have the perfect body. And I think that that just releasing that pressure that I put on myself has been huge in increasing my happiness. And I think, too, we, we're we in a position where we think that happiness is, a, you know, it's on the horizon in front of us. And, you know, just kind of closing this up, realizing that it's great to have goals in life and benchmarks to want to achieve, but it's the mindset and the feeling of worthy, worthiness in the moment and the feeling of hope we have and the self-trust that we have by doing what we, we say we're going to do, I think that's where the magic is. And there's no perfect happiness. Like, we all are going to be affected by crazy things in our life. Like, there, oh, yeah. there, there are things that will unfold before us that are going to be terrible. And we can't have, you know, we're not just like, oh, my gosh, I'm happy all the time. Like, oh, this is great. Oh, like you're, you know, whoever passed away. Well, that's great. I'm happy. Did you see my weight on the scale? Like, you're not just going to be happy forever. Like, who who says that happiness is, is the goal of everything? Like, there's more to life. And I have a uh, quote that I found um, online that I think is really uh, has been moving for me. Um, it's from a woman named Kim McMillan on a site called tinybuddha.com. And she says, when I loved myself enough, I began leaving whatever wasn't healthy. This meant people, jobs, my own beliefs and habits, anything that kept me small. My judgment called it disloyal. Now I see it as self-loving. I'm and clapping quietly <laughs> in my brain. I don't want to like- clapping offset. on a podcast is really <laughs> annoying. Um, but- you know, when you really truly learn to love yourself, you know that these things that you've been doing that are harmful are are harmful. It's easier to recognize them and to move on from them and to establish positive um, habits and goals and people and jobs and things in your life. So we would ask you for the, the week ahead, think about what you think about happiness. Think about, you know, do you really think that that number on the scale is going to be the final resting point for your happiness? 
the size of the clothes, the job. What can you do right now to start reinvesting in yourself and to start owning your life, setting boundaries with people, setting boundaries with yourself, discovering more about yourself, reading books like The Gifts of Imperfection or yeah. Atomic Habits by James Clear. There are there are people who like sort of touchy-feely kumbaya books, and then they're more scientifically-based books. But all of that self-helpful... Or there are some people who like to touchy-feely scientists. <laughs> um, but <laughs> I don't know what that means. The... But discovering more about yourself, investing in yourself. And, you know, oftentimes we we put ourselves on the back burner so much and we, we make other people the priority. We don't even know what we want. So it's not too late to start finding out a little bit more about what really drives you, what makes you feel good. And the more you can start living in a, a, a place of gratitude for what you have, the more you can invest in yourself. I think happiness is a byproduct of that. And sure, the number on the scale is amazing for for 50 reasons, which I'll go into in in detail right now. (laughs) But it's not, you know, we just want to dispel the idea that it's a destination. And and we said that there's no finish line, but happiness is just the process. Um, It's it's doing what you say you're going to do. Um, I think Mahatma Gandhi uh, said, happiness is when what you think, what you say, and what you do are in harmony. Wow. You can't, you can't tell yourself you're an idiot and lose a bunch of weight and feel great about yourself. Yeah. Being able to speak positively, act positively, and uh, think positively are what gets you to the end goal. That's what Mahatma said. Not me. I'm just quoting him. So, uh, so yeah. So that's what I have to say about happiness. So think think about ways that you think happiness is in the future when really it's right all around you. It's all around you right now. And speaking of happiness, I think it's time to move on to the product of the week. Pow! Pow! I almost said towel, but I, that wouldn't have been correct. So. Product of the week to product you! Product of the week to you! Um, so one really huge source of happiness for me has been the podcast happier with Gretchen Rubin. Ah, Uh, it ties in. It does. Um, Gretchen Rubin is an author and a podcaster. Um, She's written books like Better Than Before, The Happiness Project, Outer Order, Inner Calm. And um, I have read her books, but I'm specifically giving a product of the week shout out to Happier with Gretchen Rubin. Each week, she and her sister sort of uh, talk about happiness hacks in just your normal life. Like, we're not talking deep meditation yeah. Um, pursuits, but just small things like finding out uh, about the four tendencies, which is how you uh, react to accountability. Are, are you inner, you know, driven by your own motivation? Do you need external motivation um, or accountability? Each week she covers a couple of different things, and it's really brought a lot of happiness into my life. Being able to feel like in my very own home and in my space that I can affect small changes. And it's, it's kind of ties into that atomic habits, the, you know, improving your life by 1%. Yeah. Each week I get a little bit of advice on, you know, like how to manage workplace conflict or how to be happier at home. Like at home, when we greet one another, we say heartfelt hello. Heartfelt hello. Heartfelt hello. 
Um, and it's kind of a joke, and it's not actually what Gretchen Rubin suggested yeah, you do. Yeah, she wanted people to give heartfelt Warm hellos greetings. and goodbyes, <laughs> and I took it literally. And we've we've and abused so it a little bit. Literally say heartfelt hello and but, heartfelt goodbye. But now we do it with our daughter. Yeah. And it's like our family thing, and it's really fun. So We make her do it. We, <laughs> she does it on her own. Eh, once in a while. Once in a while. But in... Um, the the podcast Happier with Gretchen Rubin has given me a weekly touchstone of just positivity and self-reflection and understanding myself better and the people around me also, because it's not just about uh, how you view yourself, but how you relate to others. And so, when Catherine's happier, I'm happier. <laughs> happy wife, happy life. That's what they say. Am I right, fellas? Am I right? If you're a fella, let us if know. If you're a fella, we want to hear about so, it. Uh, so, yeah, Donald, uh, because he's a uh, scooter computer, he will put information on Happier with Gretchen and Ruben in, in the, the show notes. In the show notes. Uh, so, Speaking that's... of show notes, oh, wait, that was our product of the Pow! week. Pow! Uh, speaking of show notes, you can subscribe to this podcast wherever you've listened to it. Uh, please do that. Um, you can also find us at weonlylookthin.com. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook at weonlylookthin. And even Twitter at weonlylookthin. Uh, you can also email us, uh, weonlylookthin at gmail.com. Um, and, um, if you could be a buddy and we know you want to be our buddy, um, and rate and review us on iTunes, that really helps us out. Yeah. And if you want to let someone else in your life know about the podcast, uh, word of mouth is really how, uh, how podcasts like ours, our little ragtag bunch, uh, get the name out. So, uh, so yeah, we're a ragtag bunch like the A team. <laughs> so, uh, so let us know. Uh, and, and, and email us if you have any questions or, or subjects you'd like to cover. But share this with somebody else that you love. It'll make please you do. a little happier. If you've gotten a little bit out of this, then please let somebody else know. So if you're still confused as to whether or not weight loss is a destination or a journey, just remember that Donald and I are an, an inspiration ish. The information that you hear on this podcast is for informational purposes only. The hosts are not medical professionals. You should always consult with your doctor, nurse, or other certified health professional before beginning any diet or fitness program. <laughs>